you got your Bible tonight, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to do a little bit of an eye test. Uh, we're continuing on our series, Inside Out, and we're speaking about vision, about vision. How many know you don't need to go to an optometrist to get correction to your eyesight? Yeah, you do that in the natural, but some of us right now, we have hindrances in, in, in the spirit. See, our outlook is not determined by what's on the outside of us, our physicalities, but, but really your eyesight is determined by your level of understanding. By your understanding. And it's your, your outlook in life will determine your outcome. Uh, come on, how many want some good outcomes this year? Uh, you've got to have the right outlook to get the right outcomes. Yeah, I, I like my wife, this... This week she was sharing with the ladies and she said, hey, when it comes to church, it's not about getting the picture. It's about putting yourself in the picture. Because unless you're in the picture, it will never make sense. See, so many people are trying to get church, but they're trying to get church as a spectator. You'll never get it. Because church was never meant to be a spectator sport. And until you get in the picture, you won't understand. I really want to challenge you if you're new to Equipage Church, don't stand on the outside looking in. Get in the picture. Get volunteering. Get involved. Put yourself in the picture. You look better. In fact, the picture is missing without you in it. You need to put yourself in the picture of everything that God is doing in and through this place. We can have things dark on the outside, but as long as there's light on the inside, there's a better day ahead. And we've got to get the light of God working on the inside of us. So one person once said that people, the people, they're like stained glass windows. Uh, stained glass windows, they, they sparkle and shimmer when the sun's out. But until the outside's dark and there's a light on the inside, their true beauty is not often revealed. And it's only when the light is switched on the inside that, that you actually see what those stained glass windows are all about. And I want to declare it's the light on the inside of you that will change the environment around you. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, this is Paul speaking to a church that in the natural seemed to have it all together. They were a growing church. They were an expanding church. And this is Paul praying for them. He says, therefore... After I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. In other words, he's heard great things. God's moving. God's doing a great work. He said, I did not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. How many want the spirit of wisdom this year? Come on, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. See, see, you can't understand God just through your intellect. Too many people are trying to intellectualize God. And I often say, if you try and intellectualize God, God then can't be bigger than your mind. Which isn't that smart. (laughs) How you understand God is through a spirit of revelation where the veil comes down and your eyes are suddenly open to His goodness. God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you might know, listen to this, the hope of His calling, 
What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Oh, man, that's rich right there. <laughs> What's he praying? Come on, go over there. That the eyes of our understanding would be open to what? To what? The hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards those who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places? Far above. Somebody say far above. Come on, say far above. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only on, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, he has put all things, not, not just some things, he has put all things under his feet and he gave to him to be the head over all things to the church. Uh, so who's he given it to? He's given it to who? The church. Uh, that's you and I. Uh, just turn to your name and say, that's you. I don't know if you realized it, but he, he's given it to you, which is his body. That's the church and the fullness of him who fills all and all. Uh, this week, I was getting up early for a prayer meeting. And uh, my routine this week has been going to the gym after prayer meeting. I'm starting a, a new regime. Yeah, as I said last week, I went three times and I still don't have abs. What's up? I don't know what's up with that, but I still don't have. But, but I'm starting this new regime. But the thing is, getting up in the early morning and then going to the gym, how many know you've got to pack your things the night before? Which often I'm not that great at. And so uh, one morning I was getting up early and I couldn't find some stuff. And when you're getting up early and the rest of the house is sleeping, how many know you're in a whole lot of trouble? And, and one of the things that I couldn't find was, was the gym membership. See, Kathy's got this membership where, where I can actually use it as well. I can use the same membership. And, and I didn't have the, the swipe. And so I needed the swipe to go to the gym afterwards. And, and I thought, oh, I, I can't go after prayer meeting if I don't have that swipe. And I, I wake Kathy up. 20 past five and go, where's the swipe? Where's the swipe? She goes, I told you last night, it's in my bag. It's in my bag. But I looked in her bag and I swear <laughs> that there's some things a man can never find in a woman's bag. I swear, when a woman looks at it, they find it. But when a man looks at it, it's just like uh, the wardrobe and the, and the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. You look into it, normal wardrobe. When a woman looks into it, it's like, wow, there's another whole world in behind it. Uh, and I go, it's not there. It's not there. Because you had a man's look. And so I, I got her up out of bed, it was her birthday. At five o'clock in the morning, I said, I can't find it. I need to find it. 
She's in her nightwear. She comes downstairs and she thinks it's outside. It had been raining all night. As she goes outside, she slips on the tiles. How many know right now I'm not in her good books? I'm not in her good books. In the end, she, she goes, I said, I, I thought you said it was in the bag. She said, but you had a look in the bag. It mustn't be there. I said, maybe you should have a look. Just maybe you should have a look. She has a look. She goes, here it is. <laughs> no, she didn't. Here it is, darling. Go to prayer meeting. title of my message tonight is, Open Your Eyes. <laughs> Since you never say, open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes. <laughs> see, see, one prayer that Paul prayed to a church that had everything was that the eyes of their understanding would be open. I, I don't know if you realize it, but your understanding has eyes. It, it's an inner eye. In fact, Jesus said this, he said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I, I want to declare that in the kingdom, the purity of your heart will determine the clarity of your vision. The reason why many people can't see some stuff is that they've got stuff in their hearts. But if you seek God from a pure motive, He'd open the eyes of your understanding so that you could see the kingdom. You could see things as they really are. See, some of us right now, this month, we're going through a detox because we've lived our life looking for stuff on the outside to satisfy a longing on the inside. And we've been addicted to stuff. I just need to go shopping to feel good about myself. No, here's the deal. A new piece of clothing may make you happy for a moment, but it won't be long until you need something else. And the danger is we're looking for something on the outside to satisfy and in a longing. But when you address stuff on the inside, it's amazing how things on the outside make sense. See, notice he didn't pray about the church's circumstances. See, what, what's going on in your world is, is not the problem. It's what's happening on the inside that's killing you. It's easy to blame stuff on the outside for an inner turmoil. My prayer tonight is that each and every one of us would have an epiphany. A revelation of Jesus would have a aha moment, a, a wow, I, I get it. I get some things that I've never seen before. I don't care whether you've been a Christian two days or 20 years. There's more to God. You just need to open your eyes. You need to open your eyes to what? Number one, the hope of His calling. Uh, that's what Paul prayed. He said, I pray that your eyes would be open to the hope of who's calling? His calling. His calling. What is that? What, what is the hope of His calling? In, in simplistic terms, it's what God hoped for when He created you. Yeah. 
It's what God hoped for. What he desired when he saw you. Before you even existed, God saw you. He had a plan and a purpose for your life. And the hope of his calling is what God hoped for you before the ways of the world came in and skewed what you believe you're on the planet for. See, if you don't know it, you, you can't say that you're successful. You've got no gauge to determine whether you're success. if you don't, uh, successful. If you don't know the hope of His calling, because you might be successful in doing something that God's never created you for. And that's why there's something missing on the inside. That's why Jesus said, hey, you can gain the whole world. You, you can achieve this, you can achieve that, but still lose your soul. You, you can be successful over here, but you'll miss the very thing you've been created for. Now, now how many here like to cook? Any cooks out there? Uh, any good cooks out there? You know, who would lift up their hand for a good cook? Yeah, I can cook, but I'm not a good cook. Here's the thing. How many people here make it up as they go along? Any cooks there? It's like you start with something and then you, you just make it. You're not following any recipe. You're just making it up as you go along. One day that we dreaded growing up in our household was Mondays because Mondays was dad's cooking day. And if you know my father, he didn't have a plan. He just got whatever was in the pantry and he put it in a pot. He goes, oh, I think that goes with that. Pineapple with mince and uh, a whole lot of other things with curry. And, you know, he came up with some weird concoctions. It, in the end, it just looked like goulash. I don't know, but we had to give it a name because uh, it had never been invented before. Yeah, do you know with many of our lives, that's what we do? It's just, we make it up as we go along. And, and then we give it a name. Uh, but we've got to call things as God calls them. Uh, we've got to seek out what He's called us to. See, God right now, He's not hiding from you. He's not hiding. If you seek God, you'll find Him. Many people don't find Him because they haven't sought after Him. He wants to reveal His purpose and plan. He wants to reveal and give you hope, the hope of His calling. See, see when you're living with hope, you got energy. Uh, when you got hope in your spirit, uh, there's an excitement to life. And God wants to open our eyes. Just like Paul prayed, I pray that the eyes of your understanding be, be enlightened to the hope of His calling. What did God have in mind when He created you? God didn't make a mistake. He had something specific in mind. You don't look the way you look by accident. When God put your nose there, He goes, it's perfect. Uh, you look that way because God designed you. You're His masterpiece. Do I get an amen on that? Amen. amen. Come on. You're His masterpiece. Since you never said, I am, I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. 
Some of our eyes need to be open to that. Number one, we need to be open to the hope of His calling. Number two, we need to be open. Paul prayed that our eyes would be open to the richness, the riches of His inheritance in the saints. Well, there's a big line there. The riches of whose inheritance? Whose inheritance? Come on, I want you to get this tonight. Whose inheritance is it? His inheritance. And where is his inheritance contained? Uh, where's it contained? Where, where has he put his inheritance? In you. Well, that was risky. God has put his inheritance in you and I. Wow. Some of you go, that's not a good investment. But that's how much God believes in you. See, Paul said he's put treasure in earthen vessels. He's put treasure. There's treasure on the inside of you. Some of you right now, you're too hard on yourselves. You cut yourself down all the time. You think you're not good enough. But I want to declare tonight there's treasure. There's treasure. God's put gifts. He's put treasure in you. His inheritance, not yours, not your inheritance, His inheritance is inside of you. Do you know what God did? God took His inheritance and He hid it deep down in your trash. I want to declare tonight there's treasure in your trash. There's treasure in your trash. There's treasure in your weakness. See, it's only in your weakness that you'll discover God's strength. But as long as you prepare, pretend to be strong, you can never know the inheritance of God's strength in your life. Come on, you're getting this tonight. His inheritance is in, on the inside of you. And if you just look past all your flesh, all your mistakes, all the things you've done in the past, you'll discover that there's something of God that's on the inside of you. Come on, I really believe this year God wants you to dig it out. God, God wants your eyes to be open to the riches, the riches. I'm not talking about monetary. I'm talking about riches, true riches. His anointing, His grace, riches, I'm talking about relationship, riches, I'm talking about living a fulfilled life, not an empty life, that the riches of His inheritance is not up in the sky somewhere, it's not outside of you, the riches of His inheritance are in you, they're in the saints. We just need to open our eyes to that. Number three, last one, is, everyone say, open your eyes. Open your eyes to the mighty power that's available to those who believe. Let's have the musicians up. The mighty power to those who believe. How much power would God invest if we believed? Not just a little bit of power. Give this to the mighty power. In 
In fact, if you go back to Ephesians, he says, listen to this, he says, and what is the exceedingly greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Mighty power. Mighty power available. Who's it available to? Not those who've got it all together. It's available to who? It's available to those who believe. Come on, to those who believe. You just believe in your heart. It will unlock something in your life. If we just believe. Now, one of the miracles Jesus performed time and time again was the healing of sight to the blind. He did it over and over again. I I believe he did it over and over again because he understood it wasn't just the condition on the outside. He was wanting to show us that there's many people who have this condition on the inside. They can see with their natural eyes, but they're blind. In fact, Jesus said this, He said, I came to give sight to the blind and and to tell those who think they can see. See, some of us are sitting in the service tonight and we go, I can see, I'm all right, I'm all good. If you're relying on your own sight, you're blind. Because he said, I've come to tell those who think they can see that they're actually blind. It's only God who can unlock the eyes of our understanding. See, Paul understood this. Paul, before he was Paul, he was Saul. He was a Pharisee. He knew the Bible. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. He was a scholar. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. But God had to knock him off his horse on the road to Damascus so he could receive sight. It says when he was knocked off his horse, he became blind. But I challenge to say it was actually in that moment he could see. He was blind in the natural, but it was in that moment he actually saw something that he had been blind to before. Come on, I really believe in this place tonight. God wants to unlock the eyes of our understanding so that we can see, see, see. Proverbs says without revelation, We dwell carelessly. We cast off restraint. With our revelation, an ongoing revelation, says in one version, that the people perish. It's not like, oh, well, I'm just cruising along, making it up as I go along. It's not like you just survive. See, when you don't walk with vision, You perish. It may be slow. It may be gradual. It's not like you just made it. No, you perish. One of the inheritance of the saints is that we're able to see. We're able to see. See our future. See, I love Jesus. Mark chapter 8 tells us the story of a guy who was brought by his friends to Jesus. He was blind. Jesus had to take him by the hand and lead him outside the city. And Jesus did something crazy. He spat 
on the guy's eyes. He, he spat. Man, how humiliated that would be. How many would rather be slapped in the face than spat in the face? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, uh, spitting is humiliating. But this guy's trust was in Jesus. Yeah, he spat in his eyes, prayed for him. And he said, what do you see? He said, I, I see men, they look like trees. Uh, what was the problem? Was, was the problem with men because they actually look like trees? Or was the problem with his eyes? It was his eyes. It was his eyes. Yeah, his sight had improved. He, his sight was better, but he still wasn't whole. Do you know many Christians right now, they set up, settle for being better off than where they were before. But they still don't understand the fullness of what God's called them to. They, they don't, yeah, God touched me once. I see man as trees and yeah, that's it. We settle there. But I believe there's a second touch that we need from God. There's a second touch that we need to say, God, touch me again. Yeah, I'm better than I were before, but God, there's more. And the Bible declares that Jesus laid hands on him again and his sight was fully restored. Fully restored. Here's the deal. Some of you right now, you've been saved. That's the first touch. You've been delivered out of Egypt. Been delivered out of slavery. Been delivered out of sin. You're saved. But there's a second touch that God needs to bring to our life so that we can see. So you can be delivered out of Egypt, but that doesn't mean Egypt's been delivered out of you. And some of you, yeah, you're saved, but you're still thinking the way you thought before you got saved. And I really believe this year, God's gonna align our thinking. Because what I found, guess what I found? is God doesn't pour fresh vision into a dirty vessel. And until you get rid of that slavery mentality, until you get rid of desiring Egypt more than the promised land, God can't show you anything. And God's saying, I want to give you a second touch. Come on, I want to touch your eyes again. I want to unlock the eyes of your understanding so that you can see what I have for your life. Settle for just one touch. Don't settle for a mediocre, a mediocrity, a mediocre existence. God doesn't call you to be average. Come on, God calls you to greatness. There's greatness inside each and every one of you. There's a treasure, His inheritance. The riches of His inheritance is in the saints. It's in you and I. You know, we've just got to see it. You know, not just see it in us, but we've got to call it out in our friends. There's riches. There's treasure inside of you. Come on, don't live less than what God's purpose. Don't live less than what He's called you to. Come on, rise up, man of God. Rise up, woman of God. Come on, there's a purpose. There's a destiny in Jesus. Come on, if you believe it tonight, let's give God a clap of praise. Come on right now. God, God wants you to see clearly. How about getting to your feet right now? And I want some people right now to say, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes. I want to see you. I want to know you. In Jesus' name. Lord, our hearts 
have an expectation in you. Oh, you give mighty power. It's available to those who believe. I don't know what eye condition you've got right now, whether it's negativity, unbelief, whether it's unconfessed sin. I don't know what your eye condition is, but if you just come to Jesus and believe, there's a mighty power that's available to take the scales off your eyes and to give sight, sight in Jesus' name. Come on, I want you to dream with God this year. I want you to get, a, get in a place where you can dream with God. Come on, He wants to unlock dreams and destinies in this place. Some of you have been believing too small, thinking too small. God's got more for you than you can imagine. Come on, business person, dream bigger. Come, come on, student. Yeah, you're training, but, 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 but God wants to use you now, not just tomorrow, not just in 10 years. He wants to use you now. Come on, mom and dad. I want you to unlock the treasure in your kids. There's treasure in your kids at, at a young age. If you can unlock that treasure within them, they'll all sort of heights that are beyond what you can imagine or you think. Come on, can we just all together reach out to God in this place? Come on, can we all together just say, God, open our eyes, open our eyes. God, we want the scales taken off our eyes. We don't want to be limited anymore. God, Lord, let the eyes of our understanding be open in Jesus' name. Lord, come on, let's sing the song. Here we go. 